Welcome to Leading Lights. You're about to hear a message from Lighthouse Church. And we are talking about parables. And you guys, you listened to um, the introduction of why we speak in parables, or why Jesus rather spoke in parables, and um, you know some of the of the interpretation of the parable of the sower. Um, I think it was spoken last last week. And in the West, at the same time, we're talking about the mysteries of the kingdom and covering still the parable of the sower. And it's very important, Greg highlighted that, it's very important that you understand the parable of the sower because the disciples, when they asked the meaning of it, Jesus told them and actually said, um, if you can't understand this one, how then will you understand all of them? So it's very key that it's very good that you understand um, that. So last week, um, in, in summary, when you were talking about uh, the parable of the sower, you talked about four soils, four types of soils. Obviously, there is a sower involved. So there was a, an agric lesson, an agriculture lesson. And uh, you were talking about the seeds that fell on the path. The other ones fell on the rock, and the other ones fell on the thorny ground, and the other one fell on the good soil. And how on those, on, on those places where the seed fell, uh, how, how the, there is a reaction um, depending on where the seed fell. Obviously, you knew about the devil snatching instantly if it fell on the path. And you knew how after persecution and tribulation, the word cannot stand after it fell on the rocky ground because there is no ground. So in times of persecutions and tribulation, it's shaky. You cannot stand it. And how the cares of this world, the deceitfulness of the riches of this world would shock the word of God if it falls on thorny ground. And also, obviously, you knew about how a hundred percent, hundredfold, a sixtyfold, or a thirtyfold will actually be reaped if it falls on the good ground. The seed is the word of God and has the power in it. But it has to be on the right conditions for it to bring fruit, to bring yield. But that's not what we are not talking about. So just after that, so the disciples asked for the interpretation and they were given the interpretation. But now today we are going to go a bit further because he gave them another parable. Not one. After that he gave them three consecutive parables. So he told them about the parable, everyone say, the parable of the tares, the parable of the weeds. Now I'm using the word parable of the weeds, but actually you can call it the parable of the wheat and the weeds, or the wheat and the tares, right? Because it covers all of that. So let's go jump straight away and go into Matthew 13, verse 24, verses 24 to 30. And here it says, I'm, I'm reading NKJV, you, you, you can read um, any other, other version, and it's on the projector, it's the New King James Version as well. It says, another parable he put forth to them saying, the kingdom of heaven is like a man who sowed good seed in his field. We are back to the agricultural lessons, right? But while men slept, his enemy, came and sowed tares or weeds among the wheat and went away. 
Verse 26, but when the grain was sprouted and produced a crop, then the tares or the weeds also appeared. So the servants of the, of the owner came and said to him, say, two questions they asked. Say, did you not sow good seed in your field? How then does it have tares? How then does it have weeds? He said to them, an enemy has done this. The servants said to him, do you want us to go? and gather them up. But he said, no, lest while you gather up the tares, you also uproot the wheat with them. Let them both grow together until the harvest time, or until the time of harvest. I will say to the reapers, first gather together the tares, the weeds, and bind them into the bundles, and burn them, and gather the wheat into my barn. What a parable. So after this one, he talked about the parable of the mustard seed, and which basically just a few verses. And then in other two verses, he talks about the parable of the yeast. And thereafter, on verses 36 to 43, he begins to give an interpretation of this very parable that we have just read. So in summary, if I, if I just want to put it into context, right? Jesus is sit, standing still in the Old Testament. The New Testament is not yet in, because obviously you know that Jesus brought in the New Testament through his suffering, death, burial, and resurrection, and obviously his ascension into heaven. He ushered the New Testament. So he is in that timeline. He's talking to the people of the Old Testament, the people, the Jews of his time. And he's talking in parables. But obviously, it was a simple story that they were listening to, which had a deeper meaning. If you listen carefully to what he was talking about, the story has present and future tenses. He is talking all about the present time and he is talking about the future time. He is talking about the kingdom of heaven. I'm glad that we covered the kingdom of heaven series a um, few weeks ago. So you basically know what we are talking about. So as you see here, you see that there is a man, the other versions call him a master. The other one call him a farmer, a sower. This man says the man. Praise the Lord. And that man he sowed good seed into, in, in his field. But immediately, I have to say immediately, because the enemy has to disguise this to make sure that they grow together. So it doesn't give time. It doesn't say tomorrow afternoon or what. But we, we will understand from the context that actually while probably the very day while the man slept or his slaves or his, his, his servants slept, the enemy came and sowed among them wheat. He sowed weeds. Now, this particular type of tear or weed that, that, that the Bible is referring to here, the translation from Greek is zizania. Now, it, it refers to, to a Danel plant, D-A-R-N-E-L, and that is, is mostly believed it's a rye, rye, rye grass that looks very similar. It looks very, the blades of that, I was looking into it, trying to understand why are they actually making an emphasis that it's a wheat or it's a tear that you can't split, you can't separate. You can't separate from the wheat. It says, 
If you take the Middle Eastern climate during that time and probably even now, that plant, if it's planted in wheat, you can't tell the difference until it grows into maturity, into a time of harvest. When it produces the, the, the crop, when it produces the yield, you will then see the differences. The second aspect about this type of, of, of weed is that it is a firmer root system than the wheat. So it, it entangles its roots uh, and, and it spreads and even affects the next plant. Such that if you want to uproot the wheat, there is no way you do it without actually affecting the next wheat to, to the wheat. So you, if you uproot the, the, this plant, if you uproot this weed, you are actually also affecting the weed. I'm just bringing context so that we understand what's, what's happening here. And so they did not discover in the night it, the, the seeds were planted. Actually, the Bible says they grew together. They grew together with the weed. It was when, it, when, when the, the, the grain sprouted, when they produced the crop, then the servants noticed, that, oh, there is a weed. And immediately they asked the master and said, do you want us to uproot this? And the master said in his wisdom, he said, no, wait until harvest time. Now, let's jump to two to parables that were said after this and get to the interpretation of it. So when Jesus interprets, he, he tries to, to give definition to the characters in the parable. Rather than actually, you know, telling line by line, he explains the characters in the parable. When, when he does that, so let's read um, from verse 36 to 43, and he says, then he left the crowd and went into the house. His disciples came to him and said, explain to us the parable of the test. They did not ask about the mustard seed. They did not ask about the parable of the yeast. They asked the parable of the test or the weeds. And he answered, the one who sowed the good seed, verse 37, is the son of man. Who was he talking about? He's saying the one who sowed is the son of man. He's referring to himself in, in the third person, right? Imagine it's me there, I'm talking about myself. I'm saying the, the person, the sower, it's Adam there. But you have to understand that to him it was not rare because at this point in time it was very clear to him that the Jews were not accepting him as a Messiah. And he uses a term that, that, that obscures, obscures the, the, the Messiah. It sort of hides him away. But it basically talks, the Son of Man refers to his work that he has to accomplish. We'll come back to that a little bit later. But let's read and complete the, what Jesus explains here. So he says, the one who saw the good seed is the Son of Man. The field is the world. The good seeds are the sons of the kingdom. Obviously, the other, depending on the visions that you have, they will say the peoples of the kingdom. But yes, it's the sons of the kingdom. But the, the tares, the weeds, are the sons of the wicked one. The enemy who sowed them is the devil. The harvest is the end of the age. And the reapers are the angels. Therefore, as the tares are gathered and burnt into the fire, so it will be at the end of this age. The Son of Man will send out his angels. They will gather out of his kingdom 
all things that offend and those that practice lawlessness and will cast them into, into the furnace of fire. There will be wailing and gnashing of teeth. Then the righteous will shine forth as the sun in the kingdom of their father. Oh boy. Can you smile because of that, of that scripture? He says, then the righteous, you are. He says, then the righteous will shine forth a son in the kingdom of their father. He who has ears to hear, let them hear. So this is quite interesting because when he talks to himself, when he refers to himself here, he's, he refers to, to, to him as the son of man. And like I said, he, he's talking about himself as the Messiah, but He's referring to, to Daniel chapter number 7, verse number 13 to, to, to 14. And you'll be able to see that in the night vision, the prophet Daniel had this. And this is what he says, I was watching in the night visions. And one like the son of man, coming with the clouds of heaven, he came to the ancient of days and they brought him near before him. Then to him was given dominion and glory and a kingdom that peoples, nations, and languages should serve him. His dominion is everlasting. We shall, we shall not pass away. And his kingdom, the one which shall not be destroyed. Hallelujah. He's talking about the son of man, Jesus Christ. He's talking about himself. You have to understand here that the story is not about weeds. It's not about weeds. It's not about wheat. There is a deeper meaning. We are getting to it. Praise the Lord. And he says here, the second thing is, is the character he defined. He says the field is the world. He says the field is the world. What does this remind you of? So Jesus is the answer to the whole world. I'm glad he did not say the field is the kingdom. Mm -mm. He's saying, is the whole world, is the world, the world of men, the world of the lost, the world of, of the unrighteous, the world of sinners, the world of the perverted, the world of robbers, the world of, of, of prostitutes, the world of beggars, the world of who, who, and who, etc. The Bible says about this in John 3, 16, it says, for God so loved some, no, for God so loved my neighbor. He says, for God so loved the whole world. I'm glad I'm in the whole world. <laughs> ah, I am there. He says, for God so loved the whole world that he gave his only son. That whosoever, whosoever, not the good ones. He says, whosoever shall believe in him if you shall only believe. If you can only believe. He says, whosoever shall believe shall not perish, but shall have eternal life, everlasting life, which is not just a futuristic life. It's a life here now. That's the whole world. And the third thing, he's talking about the seeds. Listen to what he's saying. He said, and the seeds are sons of the kingdom. Now, the parable of the sower, he said the seeds are the word of God. Do you remember? He said the seed is the word of God. But on this verse, he said the seeds, the good seeds, the seeds are the sons of the kingdom. He is not contradicting himself. Here he is talking about what the seed produces. 
the, the seed produces sons, the peoples of the kingdom. How were you born again? How could you be born again without the seed? Being born again, not of the corruptible, but by the incorruptible, by the word of God that lives and abides forever, Apostle Peter says. You were born by the word. Now you have to understand, going back to the son of man, because he refers to himself as the sower, as the man who sowed. You cannot come to God unless you come through the son of God. He says about it, he says, listen to it, in John 14, 6, he says, I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father unless by me. Unless you are planted into the kingdom. You come to the kingdom through him. Without Christ, without Jesus, you cannot come to the kingdom. First of all, he had to accomplish it. He had to accomplish what he was sent for. He had to die. He had to be crucified and then die. He had, he had to be buried. He died and was buried. And on the third day, the Bible records that he rose from the dead, according to the scriptures. He rose from the dead. He has, so the work of salvation was accomplished in Christ Jesus. It had to be through him. So remember when he's delivering this to the Jews, they could not understand it. But he was actually talking about his ministry. He is the one who sows. And the sons of the kingdom, the peoples of the kingdom, you and I, are born into that kingdom through the word of God. Listen to, to this one. Listen to this one. I, I, I cannot go without saying this one. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 17 to 21. He says, therefore, if any man... Oh boy, I like it when he says whosoever. When he says any man, because I know that I am in there. I am included. Because the world looks in the outside. They look at stature. They look at, and some of us are discarded on, on, on height. <laughs> because obviously I'm, I, I'm shorter, right? <laughs> Relatively. Some look at looks and they say, you, you, are not, you are not counted. Some look at complexion. And, you know, some look at race. Some look at you know, ability, whether you have you know, everything. Some look at status in society. But here he says, if any man be in Christ Jesus. If any man be in Christ Jesus. You know, when, when I'm talking about this, ask yourself if you are that any man. I know you are. You are that any man. And are you in Christ? He says, therefore, if any man be in Christ, he is a new creature. All things have passed away. Behold, all things have become new. Listen to verse 18. He says, now all things are of God. Who? Who has what? Has reconciled us to himself. But how did he do it? Through who? Through Christ Jesus. That's it. He says, he has reconciled us to himself through Jesus Christ. And has given unto us the ministry of reconciliation. Look, when Jesus accomplished it, when he accomplished the work, he gave unto us the ministry, the very ministry of reconciliation. So that you and I are now responsible of going into the world of men and ask them to be reconciled to God through the gospel. The Apostle Paul says that thanks be unto God who always leads us into triumphal procession through Christ Jesus. And he says through him 
we, everywhere we go, we spread the fragrance of the knowledge of Jesus Christ. He says, we are a perfume, an aroma of death to those who do not believe, and a perfume of life to those who believe. We are the purveyors of the gospel. We convey the gospel to the world of the lost. We carry God in us, and he has given us the ministry of reconciliation. You and I are responsible. Say, I am responsible. I am responsible to communicate God's truth, God's word to the dying world. It's not visible that they are dying, but they are dying unless. How shall they believe unless they hear? And how shall they hear unless someone speaks? How shall they speak unless he has sent them? Unless they are sent. I'm glad he has sent us. Hallelujah. He has sent us. He says in Mark 16 verse 15, he says, go into the world. You can put this up. He says, go into the world and preach the gospel of the kingdom. And preach the gospel of the kingdom. Are you going into your world? Your world of accountants, the world of, of, of businessmen, the world of, of care, caregivers, the world of men. Let's continue with this scripture. He says, he explains it further. He says, when I'm saying that he has given unto you the ministry of reconciliation, he says on verse 9, that is to say, other versions, you have a KJV. I like that English. He says, to wit. <laughs> to wit. That is to say. He says, that is that. God was in Christ reconciling the world to himself, not imputing their trespasses to them, and he has committed unto us the word, the word of reconciliation. Now then, we are ambassadors for Christ. We are ambassadors. We are representatives of him. He says, we are ambassadors. As though God was pleading through us, we implore you on Christ's behalf. Be reconciled to God. And then verse number 21, he says, for he made him who knew no sin, to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God through him. That's the truth. He is, we are the ambassadors. We are the ones now with the ministry of reconciliation. We implore the world to be reconciled to God on Christ's behalf. We have that ministry. It's with us, it's with me, it's with you, it's with your neighbor. Praise the Lord. Now, again, if I, if I go a little bit further, he says, and the weeds are the sons of evil. Jesus was talking about the kingdom. When I was talking to Sean Davis this morning, he, yeah, it was good to talk to you, bro. And he, he, said, he said this, he says, uh, we're, we're not talking, it's not him, by the way, we're talking about a certain subject, about workplace. And when you are new, uh, how you might fake, fake it until you make it. And, and in, this, in this case, he's talking about pseudo, pseudo, pseudo Christians. He is, that's the representation of, of, the, of, the, of the tares, of the weeds. That's the picture of the weeds. They are mimicking uh, the Christian life. They are saying the, the, the words. They are talking the talk, but they are not walking the walk. They are faking it, thinking that they may make it. They will make it, uh, but uh, we have, uh, have bad news. And, but also there is a solution. There is good news there. It doesn't work in the kingdom of God. They can't 
I'm saying they hoping that you are not here. Say so they can't fake it until they make it because there is only one answer. There is only one answer, this Jesus. There is no other way. It's Jesus, it's through Jesus Christ. And you have to surrender your life to him. You have to give your life to him. That's what it means to, for him to be Lord of your life. You cannot fake it until you make it. It doesn't work that way in the kingdom. So when he's talking Jesus, he's saying, you will not be able to, to differentiate. You will not be able to, to see if, if they are or not. And therefore leave them. And look, when they were sown into the ground, remember, they are receiving the same nutrients. They are actually, you know, getting watered at the same time. They are hearing the word that, are, that you are also hearing. They, they are actually, you know, receiving the same fertilizer and chemicals, uh, the same as the wheat is, is receiving. They, they are actually beneficiaries of everything the wheat is, is benefiting. They are not by any chance disadvantaged. They are in the right place. But their hearts have not yet received the truths of the word of God. In other words, the influence of the devil over their lives is so massive that they can't listen to the, to the sayings of Christ or to the word of Christ. They can't be influenced by the Spirit. Thanks be unto God. Because as I'm talking about, about this, and you are not sure about your, your placement in Christ. You are not, you are not sure about uh, whether you are, you are on the weed side or on, on the weed side. Uh, this is my invitation to you. You need to be sure. You need to be sure because you, you will not need to, to fake it until you make it. it. It won't work. You can't. In the kingdom, it doesn't work. In the world, it might work, but here it doesn't. I need to, to emphasize this, and you, you might be trying, as we were worshiping earlier, I was feeling a burden that there might be someone who is trying to make it through their own strength, and you are tired of failing and falling and, and, and backsliding, and, 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 and you are, you know, struggling with guilt, and you are punishing yourself. But I want you to know that it is not of works. It is not by your good works. You cannot do it. It is by grace through faith. Actually, Paul says about this in Romans. He says it is by grace that it might be by faith to the end. The promise might be sure to all. He says not only to those of the law, but we are all blessed by the believing. It is by faith, by grace through faith. By grace through faith. It is not of works. So, if you have fallen or you think you, 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 you are not working right, I'm not talking about you because I'm not questioning about your salvation. The word of God, if it's talking to you, if you have ears to hear, I want to say what, what Jesus said. He says, let them who have ears hear. Because when you hear the word of God, remember what Greg was talking about last week. He says, we have a responsibility. Our responsibility is to take the word of God, to desire the word of God and to cling on it and to, to listen to it and to walk according to it and to apply it into our lives. It's not God's responsibility to do it. It is yours. You have to desire it. It is mine too. It is mine. When I'm saying you, I am included in there. And Jesus is talking about these sons of the wicked one and I, I just want to read the scripture that, that Paul, Paul, Paul wrote in 2 Corinthians 4.4. 4. 
Let's go to that scripture, 2 Corinthians chapter 4. Uh, start from verse number 3. He says, But even our gospel is veiled. It is veiled to those who are perishing, whose minds the God of this age has blinded, who do not believe, lest the light of the gospel of the glory of Christ, who is the image of God, should shine on them. The gospel of Jesus is the answer. Jesus is the answer. There's no need of faking it until you make it. It is clear. You need the word of God in your life. And one of the things that you can see that the word of God is working in your life, you see by your thought process, your thinking, your thinking process, your thinking changes because the word of God says that it renews, it renews your mind. The fruits will follow. So I'm encouraging us to meditate on the word of God, to listen to the word of God, and to, to rely on God's grace. And it is not by power nor by might, but by his spirit. He did not leave us as orphans. The Bible records that when Christ was gone, uh, he, he himself was saying, when I am away, it is expedient that I go. Because when I go, I will send you another one. Alos Paragletos in Greek. He says, I will send you another one. That one will lead you into all truth. So when, when, when the servants wanted to uproot, it was, they were told that it is not your duty. It is not time for you to actually judge. You are not the ones who judge who is right, who is wrong. You are not the one. Wait until the end of time. You will see the mercy of Christ. He is not willing to have anyone perish. He needs all men to get saved through the gospel. The apostle Peter talks about the forbearance of God. He's, he's giving us an opportunity, giving them an opportunity to turn to salvation, to know God. And the end of the age, sure, it's, it's not trickery, it's coming. And remember when Jesus was ascending into heaven in Acts chapter number 1, verse number, number 11, you see the angels appeared when he was ascending into heaven. And they, they told the men, he says, men of Galilee, he says, why do you stand gazing up into heaven, this same Jesus, who was taken up from you into heaven, will so come like in like manner as you saw him go into heaven. Yes, he, he is coming. He is a soon coming savior. Can we stand to our feet? Thanks for listening. Please visit leadinglightsnetwork.com for more resources and subscribe to our podcast on iTunes. Please consider supporting this ministry by making a donation on the giving page at leadinglightsnetwork.com or lighthousejersey.com.